True believers, welcome back once again to the League of Entertaining Gentlemen. This week, the League is one down. Mr. Mahoney had to take a holiday. So, it is more or less the entertaining duo this week with myself, Nathan, and joining me from the West Coast, Mr. Stephen Waldinger. Stephen, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Always good to be here. It's good to have you. And what has been happening in the Pacific side of the states? Summer. Um, it's which is which is technically over because it's after Labor Day now, but it's not over because summer goes until June. I'm sorry, June. It starts in June. It ends in September 22nd, which is not today or yesterday. So it's still summer. Um, despite what Labor Day and the people have you believe. But correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I've heard it said that you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. You are correct, yes. So nobody can get married for the rest of the year. (laughs) Oh, well, my anniversary is in October, and my wife did wear a white dress, so... Hmm. Does that invalidate the whole thing? Uh, I'll allow it. Okay, good. Just this time, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, good to go. So, speaking of summer, and in the summer a lot of times you can catch up on reading. I myself have not been able to catch up on reading, unfortunately. I'm still lagging behind my comic collection. It is not a good time to be a a Nathan comic reader at this point because, you know what, I want to read, it's just... I haven't had time to. So, Steve, please, tell me that you've read something recently. I've been reading. And, yes, the nice th- one of the many nice things about comics is they're very patient. When, when you do have the time to read, they'll be ready and waiting for you. They'll embrace you with open arms, open love. They'll be like, hey, good to see you. We're glad you're back. We're ready for you. It's just that simple. So, yes, do your thing, and your comics will happily... Um, be ready for you to read upon your slow downness, which is a word now. <laughs> I'm going to call Miriam Webster after this, and we will make it so. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I'm glad you're on. I'm glad you're on a uh, phone call basis with him. Oh yeah, uh, Webster speed dial. Yes, that's excellent. Uh, so yes, I've been keeping up with the comics. I, I myself am a week behind right now. Just just one week. I didn't get a chance to read my last week books. But I've been uh, keeping up. Um, my, uh, my all my favorites um, are, of course, uh, everything's clicking on all cylinders. There, uh, Squirrel Girl last week they did a, uh, it was a just transition uh, issue, like getting ready to start their next story arc. But it was uh, set in a dream world. Um, the Marvel villain Nightmare um, was doing his. Uh, nightmare thing to Squirrel Girl, and she beat him using binary code, uh, which is just fantastic. So yes, and, and it was a funny book, and it teaches you some binary. So does she just, just yell at reason- him like one zero one one zero one one? Yes, yes. She taught people how to count how count their hands on uh, binary and stuff like that. She used it to communicate to squirrels at one point. Uh, yes, just so much goodness comes from Squirrel Girl. It's it's my it's. My most anticipated book. Every time I see that it's coming out, I get so excited. It's like, yes, new Squirrel Girl. Yay, yay, yay. How does she know binary? She's a uh, um, computer uh, 
she's in college right now and she's taking if, if computer science isn't her major she's taking some classes right now is she taking classes with the the new iron man she's uh she's no 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 uh, she hasn't that character hasn't i don't know if she'll make her way into this book per se but um she she's friends with the she's buddy buddy in her mind with the uh, current iron man mr tony stark She'll uh, she'll she'll call him up. She'll uh, borrow some of his armor from time to time. He loves it. <laughs> is she okay? The unbeatable squirrel girl. Is she full size or is she the size of a squirrel? She's full size. Okay, so that makes more sense then. <laughs> Why do they call her a squirrel girl? Does she have like a tail or something? She does have a tail. Yes, and okay. she can talk to squirrels. One of these days, I need to read this comic. Uh, I just need to experience this at some point. Maybe I can grab it on Comixology or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all over the place. You can uh, do the you know digital. If are you are you a digital comics person? I am. I prefer reading oh. on the digital, but I love having ink on the page too. Yes, but yeah, it's easily accessible on the digital, and of course, you can't beat uh, paper physical copies. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't gotten too much into digital yet, but I, it's a nice resource. And I remember there was discussion, a co- you know, a couple years ago when digital first started making its appearances, you know, everybody was worried that, um, you know, the comic book stores wouldn't be able to, you know, they'd be, you know, obsolete with, you know, digital comics. And that was, that was my biggest concern. Cause I, I love my comic book stores. But um, yeah, they they've been able to coexist. The uh, you know people that want their digital get their digital. But the stores are actually, if um, an article I'm recalling was correct, the stores are actually doing just as good, if not a little better, since the uh, dawn of um, of digital comics. Yeah. See, for me, I love how Marvel does it, so I can have the best of both worlds. Oh yes, uh, because yes. you can go to the store, you can buy your book. And then you can have that in your collection, but then you get the digital code, then you can actually read it on your, you know, device or whatever you want to read it as. That's my favorite method right there. Yes, that's exactly as you said, the best of both worlds. Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana would be proud. Mmm. Seriously? You're gonna you're gonna make that pull? Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I've I um I've watched Almost all of Hannah Montana, because my next comic project is actually, was donned by the Hannah Montana outrage. Um, uh, just looking for an artist. I've, I've been looking for a while, but it's one of those things. you got to find just the right person. But yes, my, uh, my, co- my next comic was inspired by the Hannah Montana craze of whatever year the Hannah Montana craze was. <laughs> it's timely, Steve. Yes. <laughs> still relevant, yes. Well, it will still be relevant because they're, they're, even though I'm not up to date on who the current big teen star is, just, just the fact people will still be able to identify with it when it does come out. Is there really a big teen star anymore? I mean, it's mostly just like, you know, the, the random YouTube people. More or less, yeah. There'll, there'll be somebody. There, there can't not be anybody for too long. Yeah. We'll continue. I got us on a weird tangent after oh, this no, girl, no. girl. Tangents are the best. You gotta <laughs> love a good tangent. Uh, so yes, so reading Squirrel, reading and loving Squirrel Girl, uh, Miss Marvel. That's one of the comics I have yet to read. Um, I just got my newest one last week. There, um, 
Yeah, uh, Miss Marvel's my. I think it's my second favorite. I would put uh, Sex Criminals number two, but Sex Criminals um, just because it's it's an image book, um, but it, and it's like you know it's an indie book, so it it's not on a set schedule. Like they'll be they'll do a couple issues here and there, and then they go on a long break. So um, uh, because of the long break, Miss Marvel jumps ahead of it. Miss Marvel's always been fantastic. I think. It's not a drag at all, but um, it's be, the only slight bummer on the book is that it's uh, they're doing that. A lot of the books are doing tie-ins to uh, Civil War Two, and Miss Marvel's doing that right now, and it's working for me perfectly fine. I just miss them just doing their own thing as opposed to you know having to be in the crossover. But yeah. uh, Miss, it's uh, still even you know taking place in the crossover, still really good book. And let's see. Um, I've been keeping tabs on the rebirth. Nothing has really jumped out at me as like a must-read rebirth book. Um, come across some good ones. Um, Superwoman was uh, was number one was good. Uh, so who is Superwoman? Ah, uh, yeah. See, DC is so fun. There is right now. They, I don't know if they were attempt. I, I don't know if the goal of Rebirth was to make everything easier for readers or not. Because if it was, they're kind of failing. Because as we speak right now, there are two lowest lanes in the DC, the current DC universe. What? Yes. The um, there's the um, bef- before. Well, you're, you I don't know if you've read. Uh, well, you're you know if, uh, Flashpoint from watching the movies and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, pre-Flashpoint was. Free Flashpoint universe in the comics was the normal DC universe that everybody knows and loves. That um, universe got folded into um, the New Fifty Two when um, you know after the events of Flashpoint. Um, in that universe, in the New Fifty Two, you know there was they they kind of reset some things here and there. Um, and so there was, a, you know, there there was that New Fifty Two universe, Lois Lane, who, you know, good character. I, I I didn't really, to be fair, I didn't really read too much of the Superman books, but um, I do know she exposed C- Superman's secret identity. Um, just it, it it was like a character thing. Like she felt it was the right thing to do at the time was to you know expose his identity. Um, but. Um, in addition to this, you know, new, the new 52 Lois Lane, the original, the pre-Flashpoint uh, Lois Lane, that, the classic Lois Lane that everybody knows and loves that, you know, was married to Superman, her and the Superman from, you know, the classic Superman everybody knows and loves, they somehow made their way into the new 52. They kept on the down low, so not that many characters knew that they were there, but they were there, and... Now, in Rebirth, the, you know, the classic Lois and classic Superman are still around. More people know about them now, but they're still, well, they're, they're trying to keep a low profile still. Like, Batman knows about them, Wonder Woman knows about them, and so forth. But beyond that, not too many people are aware of them. And, of course, there's the new, there's the new 52 Superman who's currently dead. So classic Superman is pretend is has taken over as the super as Superman. 
And Lois Lane of New 52, she is Superwoman. She got superpowers when the New 52 Superman died. Her and Lana Lang both got superpowers. Okay. See, <laughs> see, that's the thing with DC. They're just, like, there's so much to it. And, yeah, like, uh, uh, like if you know, that's, it's one thing where if you want to try and explain comics to somebody, it's like, okay, grab a notepad. Yeah, I don't think Marvel's gone down that road just yet, right? No, no. They, like, um, they've done a little, little bits of kind of resets over the course of time, but nothing... Nothing's ever really been that drastic. I think Marvel makes it a point not to do anything that drastic. Okay. Well, interesting. Again, <laughs> another tangent, so please continue on. No, yes. Uh, so, yeah, the New 52, like, yeah, like, when, the guy, when I went in, the, I talked, you know, the guy at my comic shop asked me, oh, I'll say, hey, do you think the New 52? I was like, you know, it's okay, but, I mean, it's nothing that really stands out at the same point. Um, when I'm going to mention a... New 52 spoiler for nobody, or I'm sorry, a Rebirth. I, I meant to say Rebirth when I said New 52 just now. Uh, rebirth, just been okay. I am going to mention a Rebirth spoiler for everybody, so uh, I'm going to do a spoiler countdown, uh, listeners. Spoiler in five, four, three, two, one. In the um, Rebirth, um, the very first issue of Rebirth that launched everything, um, it was discovered that there was a missing 10 years um, that Barry Allen thought was his fault, but it turns out that it was actually the, uh, it was Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen. Dun, dun, dun. And they haven't, they haven't touched on that since that book came out a couple of months ago, but they are going to be addressing it soon. So I think once they do address that, then that's, that's when rebirth is going to get really interesting. Okay. So, Dr. Manhattan and the Watchmen is, is like for sure officially part of the DC universe in this yes. sense. Okay. And okay, so I think I'm done talking about New 52 or receive I'm done talking about Rebirth because it's just messing with my brain so much. My brain might explode if I say <laughs> anything more about Rebirth. Um, I did want to highlight a uh, book I've, I've been meaning to highlight here. Uh, it's called The Fix. It's written by uh, Nick Spencer. Uh, from, uh, you might know him as the uh, writer of Captain America, who, you know, controversial because he's the guy that wrote Cap saying Hail Hydra. Um, and uh, uh, the artist on the book, Steve Lieber. Such an amazing book. Um, I tracked down one issue just for research purposes, and I was like, well, if I'm going to get this issue, I should get the other two. So I got issues one, two, and three, and... Um, just an absolutely incredible read. It's so hilarious. If um, if you love the movie The Nice Guys, then you will love this comic book. The Nice uh, Guys. What movie was that again? That came out over the summer. It was um, uh, Russell Crowe and um, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Um, Mark Wahlberg. No, 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 no. He's a uh, He's one of them hunky heartthrob guys. Um, oh, I'm about to Tom Hardy, really quick. Uh, not not Hardy. When I when I do remember his name in like about twenty some seconds, I'm gonna be. Oh yeah, it was. Oh Ryan Gosling. There we go. Oh, okay. Be, yes, but yeah, um, that movie was that movie was like was it set in the '80s? I forget. I think it was set in the '70s or '80s. 
Uh, but yeah, this movie, the the book, the fix is set in the present. Uh, but yeah, it's just the story of crooked cops uh, and um, them working with Hollywood producers to uh, uh, just so much good stuff. <laughs> they so work what? with Hollywood producers on their on their crookedness to uh, it's you know they're they're. They're not they're not corrupt cops in the sense that they're on like a bad guy's payroll. They're just corrupt cops in that they you know they they just want the they want the easiest best for themselves. Right. What's just the name all of the this humor that comes from that is just fantastic. What's the name of this book? The Fix. The Fix. Interesting. Who publishes it? Uh, Image. Okay. How's the art? Oh, really, really good. Yeah, Steve Lieber, he's one of the uh, top guys out there. Okay. So that's one of the things I look at when I look at books that I want to read that I may not necessarily gravitate towards, you know, traditionally, is the art and just kind of see how it looks. I kind of like the more, not super realistic, but just like like a couple of steps down from realistic. I don't know. I can't really describe it. I don't know the proper term for it. Yeah, I'm not the best at describing art. I basically just boil it down to good art. Yes, <laughs> and there's some, like even art that I don't think you know is like not my, my taste in art. Um, I, I could generally still see you know what, where they're going from with it. Yeah, I think over the course of like examining, like looking back on comics, I think one style of art was like '90s style where everything was extreme because that was the '90s. Um, and if you go back and look at like a, like a comic from the nineties, you'll kind of see it, how like everybody was jacked, like super jacked basically. But yeah, that, that style has gone away. And, uh, um, uh, whatchamacallit, I think I was going to say something about, you see a lot of, uh, this sounds snooty. You see a lot of crisp lines. That's, that's, that's when you know you're seeing good art, but I, uh, I don't really know what crisp lines means but if i want to, if you ever want to sound smart when talking comics say, oh yes the lines were very crisp mm, yes um uh, the lines on this book are quite crisp and mm, very detailed <laughs> indeed most indubitably <laughs> mm, shallow and pedantic <laughs> uh well, that's cool so anything else recently that you've been reading um i've been the let's see I'm reading. I've been reading Archie, uh, keeping up with that. Um, the main Archie book's been good. I haven't gotten into any of the. There's been a few crossover, not crossover. There's been a few spinoffs. Like Jughead has, has his own series, um, and I, I got the first issue. And it, it was just okay. Which, um, but I, I, I think part of it, it might just been I wanted to like it more. Chip Zdarsky's the writer on there, and he's he's fantastic. Like he's doing amazing work on. On Howard the Duck. Uh, that's another book that I read that I, I've been getting more into recently is Howard the Duck. Uh, he, the uh, second to last issue that came out guest starred Leah Thompson as herself. Who, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and yes, you, you have to track that book down. How does um, it yeah. guest star? Like, did Leah Thompson have anything to do with it or they just drew her and act like it was her? They got her permission to use her as a character in the comic. Interesting. And yeah, in the in the current Howard the Duck comic, Howard's a private investigator, and uh, Leah hires Howard to. Uh, she's been like blacking out, so she's, and like, uh, how, uh, Leah hires her to uh, 
get to the bottom of the blackouts, and uh, they do, and it's fun times. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, but yeah, the uh, going back, to, but yeah, um, Jughead, it, it was good, just didn't really hook me. Um, I was very disappointed in Betty and Veronica. They, they issue one of that just came out a, a little uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, I actually I I sighed actually during the book. Like, oh come on, because <laughs> they did. I mean, it was a call. I mean, um, the uh, I, I'm, names are escaping me right now, but they did a call out there. Like basically, um, the n- book was narrated by Hot Dog the Dog, who. Um, he was actually speaking very eloquently because, you know, nobody can understand him because all he could say, you know, all they hear is bark, bark. But since he's narrating, he is able to speak eloquently. And so he introduces um, Betty and Veronica talking about, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but they, uh, he, the last thing on the page says, oh, and they'll be wearing bikinis for those of you that are interested. And then the next page is them in bikinis talking about something. And I was like, come on, boo. <laughs> so with this comic with the Betty and Veronica comic what is the main storyline that they're trying to tell um, it's only issue one but they set up that uh, they were gonna save uh, like Pops's yeah Pop, Pops's restaurant was uh, um, getting competi- was gonna have to close because of um, a new coffee shop coming into town. And um, Veronica was actually intentionally kind of pushed to the back of this issue for most of the issue. One is, uh, but then the big reveal was that, uh, so that, you know, the, the gang's all trying, to, of course, to save Pops's uh, restaurant. Um, you don't actually see Veronica doing that much. And it turns out she's not doing anything because. Her dad's the one that's that's put bringing this rival coffee shop into town, so uh, she supports the closing. And there's friction between Betty and Veronica because of this. Interesting. And so yeah, so if you want to read an Archie book, just read Archie. The, uh, Mark Wade's doing an incredible job on there, and they had the early issues had uh, Fiona Staples doing the art. And uh, if you haven't seen her art, it's incredible. Um, she's drawing Saga. Have you uh, ever read any Saga? I have not yet, but I want oh. to. I've heard good yes, things. Yes. Do it immediately, yes. Immediately, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she she left after a couple issues, and uh, I believe Veronica Fish took over, and uh, they didn't they didn't miss a beat. I think she might be leaving the book soon, but I'm sure they'll be in good art hands. But yeah, yeah, Mark Wade's, uh he's one of the best uh, comic writers out there, and he's just, yeah, he's doing fantastic with Archie. Very cool. So that's that's a pretty pretty good amount for the past month, I guess I could say. Yeah. What about, yeah. what about, what is it that, since it's just you and me, you know, there, there's not going to be any Hulk talk this week because <laughs> you know Moe's not here and we can't talk Hulk without Mo. Exactly. We miss you, buddy. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about, good sir? Um uh, I was thinking we could talk about some uh deaths in comics and um I'll and then I'll also there's deaths in comics and then there's air quote deaths in comics. 
Okay, that sounds like a plan to me. So, deaths in comics. Um, let's go with the air quote ones first. What What are your, like, let's say, top three, quote-unquote, deaths? Well, um, the air quote deaths in comics are that... Um, no, you know, nobody stays dead. Everybody comes back. Um, so, you know, people are more, you know, more or less when you hear like, oh, somebody's dying in the comics now, you kind of just roll your eyes at it because it's like, OK, yeah, they're dead for a couple of weeks um, or a couple of months or whatever. Um, but in that regards, um, the top probably air quote, you know, death in comic um, has to be Superman. Um, because that caught, that, that was actually non-comic book readers, you know, knew, um, you know, had no idea that people come back in comics. So like when super, it was announced, like they announced it, DC announced this, like, um, you know, months in advance that, you know, Superman was going to die in the comics and it caught, it took national news or caught national news. Like, uh, um, it was all over the place. Superman's going to die. Superman's dying. So just, and it was well-written too. Actually, um, I find myself reading that, uh, trade from, t- you know, like I'll pick it up every, every several months or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I found my own copy recently when I was back home at my uh, parents, uh, back in, uh, July. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I, I do own this book. Cause I, I, uh, didn't have it with me, but I'd pick it up at like a library or if I'd seen it at Barnes and Noble, I just, you know, kind of page through it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Superman was like the, probably the onset of the comic, you know, cause that, I mean, the part of the reason they announced it was so that people would go out and buy the book, which caused like the sales boom of like the nineties. Um, so it just, the, the impact that it had on, Comic buying, sasa, uh, culture, pop, pop culture, um, just everything. The, the death of Superman was easily the most uh, impactful uh, comic book death out there, in, in my opinion. When he died, how long was it before he came back? They uh, they did it properly because um, it was it was very well done. I have to give him credit for that because he died, you know, very nobly in the comic, fighting Doomsday. They they literally fought each other to death. Um, and then while he was dead, um, there were four different, uh, supermen, supermans, supermen that took his place. There was, um, the eradicator who was, um, people thought he was like a, like, Oh, he, he, he claimed to be a Kryptonian, uh, Robot. I forget. I'm a little hazy on if he was, you know, created by Superman or or what. But he looked like, he looked very similar to Superman, uh, just you know, he, with uh, like a cyborg guy. There was uh, Superboy, who uh, was a clone of Superman. Uh, there was Steel, uh, John Henry Irons, who he was just Superman had saved his life, and you know. Just, um, and he wanted to make the most of the opportunity, so he took up. Um, he just built himself a suit, suit of armor and became. And you know, I wanted to you know live up to Superman's memory. Um, and I said there's four. I feel like there's a fourth one. I'm a little hazy on who the fourth one is, so I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I can't remember offhand. Sorry, listeners, but 
Um, you're probably out there yelling, oh, it's blah, blah, dingus. And it was the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> the Joker, yes. Um, there's actually, side note, um, Emperor Joker was uh, a uh, good uh, Superman versus Joker storyline. The, uh, the Joker got Mr. McSplitalik. I can never pronounce his name. Mitzelplex? I don't know if anybody can pronounce his name. That doesn't work at DC. But he gave, he got, uh, somehow the Joker got his powers and, you know, um, used it to make the world very jokery, which, you know, was just, you know, a.k.a. insane and Superman- yeah, I had to stop him. Um, I believe that's a trade paperback. You can get his uh, um, Emperor, Joker, Emperor Joker, I believe it was called. But yeah, so anyway, they told us, um, going back to Superman, it was, I believe the next, the follow-up arc was Reign of the Superman or something like that. Um, and that was just telling the stories of the different um, people taking Superman's place. And then eventually um, it turned out that Kryptonian, a, a death, to a Kryptonian on a yellow sun doesn't necessarily mean you're dead. Um, so he eventually came back and, you know, all was right. So he was See, just sleeping. Like, what's, exactly, yes. <laughs> a very long, long, long nap. But it was probably a good... It was at least six months. They might have made it a whole year um, with, uh, without, you know, without Superman. But it, it lasted a good while. So did that mean um, that it, he can't die ever at that point? Um, I mean, he can, and this, I'm a little hazy on how, like, with the specifics of how he came back, like, because they explained that, you know, it wasn't, um, like, de death to a Kryptonian on, on Earth but isn't permanent in this case, but, I mean, he could still die, so, I mean, like, you know, all the things that normally would kill him would kill, could, could still kill him, but, um, yeah, for the, for the purposes of this, that he was able to come back. So if he's able to come back, then Lex Luthor is gonna just lose his mind because <laughs> there's no way that he can take him out. Oh, he'll think of something. That's what that's what drives Lexes to uh, solve challenges like that. I suppose. So the death of Superman, number one on your quote-unquote death list. Yes. What's um, number another two? Another very well done one. Um, uh, this one sort of cr blurs the line between death and death, uh, like the like an actual comic book death. There's there's hardly ever any of those, um, but um, the Captain America death kind of that was another well done one. This one they did the exact opposite approach of what they did with Superman. Superman they announced that. Eon, you know, like eight months before it happened that this was coming. Captain America, he died in issue number 25. It was just after the Civil War um, storyline wrapped up. And uh, Marvel, they didn't, like, they didn't specifically say, they mentioned that, you know, you don't want to miss uh, Captain America number 25, but they didn't say why. So um, nobody knew it was coming. Like, um, Comic book stores didn't order, like, you know, typically it, when they're expecting big sales, they'll order more books. They just order their normal amount because they're just assuming it's just another issue of Cap. So once once word got out that he died, then everybody's rushing to the stores trying to get the book. I remember myself, I, I drove all around town once I heard trying to track down the comic. And I eventually did get it a couple, a, a store, one of my stores reordered it. And I was able to get it like a couple of days later. 
Um, but yeah, they um, uh, they just the they took the exact opposite approach. Didn't announce it. Just kind of let it happen. And it was a well-written story. Um, Ed Brubaker was writing the book at the time, and uh, just all the the it was. I think Cap was probably gone for a good year. Um, at least I think it was a good at least a year. He was go- he was gone. Um, they told the story with um, the, the characters took over were um, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, and I believe Sharon Carter um, were like the main focuses of the story. Uh, while Steve Rogers was gone missing. And um, he came back because um, because it turns out that he was, like, in the comic, he was it was just shot while being um, t- taken, you know, after he got arrested from the Civil War, he was shot while being taken into custody. And it turned out that he was um, just shot, he was shot by some sort of time travel bullet or something like that. Time travel bullets are yeah, the worst. That's the trick when you try, when you kill a um, Superman. You know, oh, he's Kryptonian. Death doesn't death doesn't uh, death has a different meaning on Earth or something like that. But um, you know, Caps. You know, despite the super soldier formula, he's just a normal guy. So that's the only way you can pretty much get away with killing Captain America is to not actually kill him. They just he was shot by like a bullet that sent his consciousness back in time or something like that. And then they, they retrieved, you know, they got him back to his body and back to the present and all that stuff. So how long was he gone for? Um, it was, I'm going to go with a year. I think it was either a little more than a year or a little less than a year, but it was about a year, um, that he was gone. And in his stead, was it Falcon and Bucky? Uh, yes. Eventually, Bucky. Bucky took over as Captain America, like officially during that there during that phase. And then, when Steve Rogers did come back, um, he let you know Bucky stayed on as Cap for a little bit before he eventually Steve Rogers eventually took over as Cap again. Very cool. And there was a stretch where there were two Captain, where they where they were both Captain America too. But eventually, yeah. Rogers became just you know the only Captain America. When he came back, yeah, he's like, guys, I'm the captain. Yes, <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> okay, so do you have another one? Um, now I'll get into some deaths that uh, almost lasted. These were. Uh, these, these ones held up for a while and they were, they were just very, very well done ones. My favorite, my personal favorite, just death of a character. Like these are more like just story deaths. Like these didn't like Superman and Captain America and many, 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 many other deaths were all, you know, written for the purposes of selling books. Like, but these, the deaths I'm going to talk about now, these were just written, these were story deaths and they were just amazingly well done. Uh, my, my personal favorite death in a comic book was uh, Barry Allen, uh, the most notable Flash. He he died in Crisis of in- on Infinite Earths. Um, the Anti Monitor was he had a machine that was going to destroy the universe, and uh, the only way that you know the Flash is the only one there to stop it, and so he did the only thing he could, which was just run around the machine just 
in, he ran himself into the crown, basically, uh, you know, to destroy the machine. And uh, he, it was just so noble the way he died. Um, he, he saw flashes of of his life. You could, you saw a scared man who didn't want to die, but he, you know, he knew what he had to do because, like, he, he even he reached out to the Joker of all people for help because. Like during his, uh, you know, while he was running, he 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 traveled through time a little bit just because, you know, part of him traveled through time just because of the, the way he's connected to the Speed Force, and uh, he briefly saw the Joker, like, uh, like, and the Joker's like, "Hey, you're not the guy I normally fight," and then uh, he's like, uh, "Just somebody, anybody, help me!" But um, you know, he he got past it, and he just. He did his thing, ran himself into the ground to save the universe. Uh, he, ultimate hero's death. Um, that was a death that the murmur. There was always a murmur that uh, uh, it was. Ne- you know, everybody thought he might come back, but he, he stayed dead a good probably twenty some years. Um, they could have. He's a character they could have left dead, in my opinion, because Wally West was a great Flash, but. Um, they eventually did bring back Barry Allen, and of course, which is perfectly fine. He's a he's he's a good he's the he's the Flash everybody knows and loves. Um, so yeah, it uh, it was good to see him back in that sense. But I, I would have liked him to to not come back just because to make his death in Crisis on Infinite Earths just that much more uh, impactful. So he was gone for twenty years. 20, yeah, I'm a little hazy on exactly how long, but yeah, 20, might have even, no, it was probably like 20, 20 plus years, we'll say. That's, uh, that's pretty hard for me to comprehend, yeah, at that point, I mean, yeah, but you'd think that he would be dead, how'd they bring him back? Um, they said that he was the Speed Force, he got, like, pulled into the Speed Force, so he, like, he was, like, living inside of the Speed Force for all of that time. And again, now comic book time and real time are two totally different things. So he might, so he was missing, he was dead in the, in like, you know, everyday time for 20 plus years, but I'm not sure exactly how long it was in the comics that he was missing for. The general consensus seems to be like anywhere from five to 10 years that he was, he was gone in, in comic book time. Right. But that was 20 actual years from the printed comic date that he died to the printed comic date that he came back. Exactly, yeah, 20-something, yeah. That's pretty That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Especially considering, was this before, like, the Superman died, but, or yeah. after? Yeah, well before Superman died. And Cap? Yeah, yeah, Cap, the Cap thing was not that long ago. Cap was, like, 2008-ish, because it was after the, the Civil War story. So Cap wasn't too, too long ago. And then Superman was, like, the mid to late 90s. Okay. Wow, that's that's pretty that's pretty ballsy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my next um, notable death was uh, Jason Todd, the the second Robin. Uh, do you know the story behind his death? But he doesn't actually die, right? Well, the, uh, not not that that's true. I mean, he comes. He's another one that comes back, which that's a little wonky. We'll get to in a sec, but. Do you know? Do you know the backstory behind his death? Well, he's the one that the Joker crowbarred, right? Yes, but yeah. do you know the backstory behind that? Um, I don't think so. The Jace, the death of Jason Todd 
Um, the Joker may have been the one that beat him with a crowbar and uh, um, blew him up. It was a two-step process. Um, beat him with a crowbar is the most you know famous thing, but then he like blew up the building that he was in. But you know, so the Joker may have done that. But the DC reader was the one that actually killed Jason Todd. What? How's that? They DC did a because uh, um, after when Jason Todd took over, he kind of he wasn't totally catching on with like readers. Um, so what DC did was they did a uh, they did a, a call in poll. Um, call it you know call. This number, if you want Jason Todd to live, call this number if you want Jason Todd to die. What? And it was, it was a close vote, but um, the it was like maybe like a fifty-five to forty-five percent thing. Is I might have even been closer than that. But after all the votes were tallied, the readers voted that Jason Todd dies. That's crazy. I don't, so, I don't yeah, think you so, get away with something like that today. Yeah, call, exactly. Well, call a number for someone to live. Actually, call a number for someone to die. They they did it just. Um, do you keep up with any of the Sharknados? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I think I've watched the first and the most recent one. But in the most recent one, um, they did that with uh, Tara Reed's character. Um, after the movie, she's like, in I forget what happened exactly, but it was uh, she, she might have got trapped in a room with a shark or something like that. And it was like, go online and vote. Um, if she lives or if she dies, so it's yeah, it's still that still is out there. That's pretty funny. And uh, so yeah, Jason Todd was another one that everybody was like, there were whispers that he might come back, but everybody's like, nope, Jason Todd's gonna stay dead. Um, and naturally, of course, he came back. That story was very well done as well. Um, he came back. In Hush was where he first, he made his, which is an excellent Batman book. Um, uh, but he came back in Hush, and then there was even, but it, it was well, it was so well written that there was still questions as to if it was actually Jason Todd or if it was, you know, just just an imposter. But then there was a, uh, I forget the name of the, I think it was something to the effect of the Return of the Red Hood or something like that, or, or I think it was even just called the Red Hood. Um, was the re- was the return of Jason Todd, and that was a very well written story as well. Um, he he now he's another one that he's a human character, so you ha- you have to get creative with how you're going to bring him back. He was brought back. Uh, are you ready for this? Remember, this is DC we're talking about. I'm I'm ready on the edge of my seat. <laughs> he was brought back by Superboy uh, Superboy Prime. He was a character from Crisis of Infinite Earths that um, during another, like, DC, during Infinite Crisis, uh, he was, like, the main villain of that. Um, and so Super, Superboy Prime punched a hole in the universe. <laughs> By him punching a hole in the universe, it caused various universal uh, riptides to occur. And one of those was that Jason Todd was no longer dead. Okay. <laughs> so how does a, a universal punch undo being <laughs> beat to death with a crow, crowbar and then blown up in a building? Uh, you know, <laughs> ripple effect. Because <laughs> yeah. literally, he's like, 
like after he punched the hole in the universe, Jason Todd just like came out of his grave. <laughs> so he died and was dead for many years, but the the universe punch brought him back. <laughs> I wonder if they realize that that's probably not how that would work. <laughs> to be fair, nobody has been able to punch a hole in the universe yet. So true. You know, maybe that's exactly what happens when you punch a hole in the universe. <sighs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yes, yes, yes. I'll get on that one. As soon as my spaceship's ready, I'll, I'm going to go out there and I'll punch a hole in the universe and I'll let you know what happens. All right, report back. Yes, will do. Um, next death here. This was just, this was a very badass death. Um, Ted Cord, the, uh, the Blue Beetle, he died in um, the OMAC project uh, confronting Ted Cord. Uh, or not, Ted, he is Ted Cord. He confronted uh, uh, Max, Maxwell Lord. He, he was like a, they were in the Justice League together at one point. Maxwell Lord was like the fi- financier, financier of like the Justice, like, like the rebooted Justice League. But then um, he became like the villain when, uh, of Infinite Crisis. And um, nope, Blue Beetle was the only one onto him. He couldn't get anybody. He went to other people for help. He went to Batman for help. Uh, he went to Wonder Woman for help. Uh, I think he tried Superman. His, his best friend, Booster Gold, he um, was helping him for a little bit, but eventually he lost faith. Um, but Blue Beetle stuck to his guns, and uh, he found out exactly what Ted Cord, or I keep I, I saying Maxwell Lloyd, Ted Cord instead of Maxwell Lord. But anyway, he found out exactly what Maxwell Lord was doing. And uh, tried to stop him, but his plans were too much into effect, and uh, he he died he died just fighting, you know, trying to stop Ultimate Evil. And he, I, I just love a good badass death, and Ted Kord's death was super badass. Um, he came back at, as a result of because um, he stayed dead for a while too, and it was uh, which is, he's a, yet another human character. Um, he came back, I think he came back during the New 52 because that was like kind of a universe resetting thing. So that, that one you can write off because, like, you, you know, you could blame Flashpoint for that. Right. Which I often blame for many things. Yes, exactly. Like, uh, you know, if I'm late for work, I blame, I blame Flashpoint. <laughs> uh, oh, now this character, this next one... Um, this character's actually stayed dead. Um, the death of Gwen Stacy. Um, this one, this might, this is a super notable one for me because, uh, and, and for a lot of people too, because this one's called like, uh, her death was called like the death of the Silver Age. Um, it was a, like, it was like a sense that co- comics have kind of grown up in a sense because. You know, typically in a story, typically in a story, you don't expect the hero's girlfriend to die. The hero's always going to save the girl, but in this case, uh, the hero didn't save the girl. Not only that, there it's it's con- it's uh, a controversy that Spider-Man might have inadvertently been responsible for her death, um, because you know what happens is the Green Goblin kidnaps her, and uh, you know they're fighting on on top of the uh, a bridge in New York and the goblin knocks her off off the top of the bridge Spider-Man catches her with his web line um, when he catches her 
you don't even know you, you don't even notice it on your first read um is or you might you might easily miss it on your first read but um on when he catches her next next to her head you see this little snap um um sound of, like sound effect you don't think anything of it at the time but then spider-man you know pulls her up and she's dead she's gone um they i don't there's been back and forth on if Spider-Man was responsible for the death or not. And it doesn't seem to be the case because, um, like, right after he pulls her up, uh, the, goblins, the goblin's like, oh, you fool. She was dead before your web line even touched her. Like, um, but still, there's, um, you know, it's still debatable as to whether Spider-Man, you know, inadvertently killed her, you know, while trying to save her or, you know, she was dead, you know, before that happened. But nonetheless... That was the end of, uh, you know, it's like, oh, crap, you know, anything can happen in comics because the hero's girlfriend just died. Yeah. Yeah, and they did actually a pretty good job with that in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie, I think. Yes. A lot of things stunk about that movie, I regret to say, because Spider-Man's my all-time favorite ever of all time. Did I mention it's of all time? <laughs> but, yeah, a lot went wrong in that movie, but they... Um, uh, Andrew Garfield is a good Spider-Man, a uh, great Spider-Man, in my opinion. Like he's actually a really good Spider-Man. Like he got the the witty banter down um, in the second one. And um, um, uh, I'm blanking again on actress's name, um, but oh, Emma Stone, she was a great Gwen Stacy. They had such great chemistry, and that part when he, you know, her death was um, was very well done in that movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's. In that regards, it's a shame that they're not doing any more of those movies. But um, at the same point, uh, I like I, I, I want to see where they're going with the new Spider-Man that they got because that's looking very interesting. And also, uh, the second the Amazing Spider-Man two didn't leave me with the best of hope for you know the next movie. Yeah, they uh, the Electro thing just didn't work for me in that movie. Yeah, and that felt- the Rhino thing just didn't work either. Yeah, exactly. Electro felt like like one of like a villain from like the Joel Schumacher, like the Batman and Robin movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like over the top, cartoony. Just yeah, it was just a bad choice. Yeah. Um, now, oh, Gwen Stacy. Now she's actually stayed dead this whole time, which is pretty rare in comics. They cloned her, um, and you know there there's a Gwen Stacy running around now, but that's a Gwen Stacy from an alternate universe. Um, so yeah, so Gwen Stacy's actually stayed dead all these years, which is, uh, a pretty hard to, hard, hard to do feat in comics. Kind of like the ones that are, when, that strike me to always being dead are Thomas and Martha Wayne, mm-hmm. Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. those are like your constants. Yeah, exactly. Cause like the ones that like, Pocket. uh, the deaths are part of the uh, origin. No, uh, did you say uh, Pocket? Yeah. Like, did he come back? He's he's sort of gone back and forth um, because I think because he died in the '80s, but then he was like back after DC did uh, Infinite Crisis, or he he was back for a stretch of stories, and then I don't think he's around now. So he he kind of goes back and forth. <laughs> okay. He but that's, between but that, and that's like universal resetting, kind of like 
like flashpoint mega resetting. So that that one you can write off. But yeah, Thomas and Martha have to be dead. Otherwise, there's no Batman. Uh, Uncle Ben has to be dead. Otherwise, there's no Spider-Man. Yeah. But beyond that, yeah, that's uh, it's few and far between. And Jor-El has to be dead. Otherwise, there's no Superman. Exactly. I do have one more of a character that actually stayed dead. And it looks like he will stay dead because there's been other characters to uh, take his mantle. Um, but for a stretch there, it looked like they might they might try and bring him back too. Um, Captain Marvel of uh, Marvel Comics. He was uh, he was a pro- he was pretty popular back in like the seventies. I don't I forget if he died in the late seventies or the early eighties. But um, he uh, he's involved in some early Thanos stories. Um, he's, he's a he's a cosmic character, um, and. He actually, he, he didn't die in battle. He died of cancer, um, of all things. And, huh. yeah, he actually, um, he, he, was one, he was another one that was, like, kind of being, you know, murmured about. Like, oh, is he, he's going to come back eventually. And he's like, no, he's not. And I was like, yes, he is. He did come back in a story, but it was, like, it was like a past version of Captain Marvel. And it was, like, explained that he, you know, he will eventually go ahead and die. Um so yeah, so beyond that, he he has yet to he hasn't come back, and he probably won't come back at this point because you know he's kind of he's overshadowed at this point now by uh, Captain Marvel, aka Carol Danvers, who uh, I believe when she took on the because she's she was always Miss Marvel for the longest time, but um, she became Captain Marvel part partly because of uh, Captain America um, saying she earned the title and pomp. Prom- Partially, I think, to honor um, the other Captain Marvel's legacy, too. Okay. Yeah, I always wondered about the Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel thing and how she's the same person. But interesting storyline there. I, I need to check that out because I know they're doing a movie about her and I know nothing about that character. Oh, she yeah, she's a she's got a lot of backstory to her. Like she um, she actually lost her powers for a spell Um because Rogue, uh, the X-Men Rogue, stole them. Like, um, you know, Rogue steals powers when she touches people. But that was an ex- um, when she touched uh, Carol Danvers, she actually took on all of her. She took on her all of her powers. Like, well, not all. She took on her flight and her strength. But she she wiped for a stretch. She wiped her of like of like everything, like her memories and stuff like that. And then gradually she got her powers back. But um, like. You know, the classic rogue that everybody knows from the 90s X-Men comic that flew and had super strength, that was because of the powers that she stole from uh, Carol Danvers. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, rogue's only actual power is that she steals. The the X-Men movies actually captured that aspect very well. Her only actual power is that she, you know, can steal other people's powers and, um, you know, for a little bit. But yeah, Yeah. it it became permanent for a long time in the comics and then... Somewhere in the 2000s, I think, then she lost her her uh, Carol Danvers powers, but but still has the power, of course, to you know steal other people's powers when she touches them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a pretty robust list. Are there any others that you wanted to bring out in this discussion? Uh, those are all the major ones, uh, and then a whole side topic would be all the ones that have uh, um, you know happened but were undone um 
One good one of note, um, I'm going to mention Spider-Man, you know, in part because, as I said before, Spider-Man, numeral uno for me. Um, but his death was cool because um, he he swapped, like, Dr. Octopus was dying, and um, Dr. Octopus managed to switch brains with, uh, with switch bodies with Spider-Man because comics. <laughs> um, so Doc, Dr. Octopus... Um, Peter Parker's, uh, you know, uh, mind was in Dr. Octopus's body when he died. So, and Dr. Octopus's mind was in Peter Parker's body. So no one knew for the longest time that it was Dr. Octopus that was, you know, going around as Spider-Man. Um, then there was, you know, they, they kept the story going. Peter Parker's consciousness, like a part of his consciousness was living in, um, you know, was still in in Peter Parker's body, but Ock for for the story kicked him out, and um, you know had full reign of uh, Peter Parker's body for a stretch until eventually uh, Parker fought back, and uh, you know won as the good guys, and you know came back to you know came back to normal as often happens. But yeah, that was a uh, really good story. Um, the um, Oh, it's Superior Spider-Man was the uh, story was the story of Doc Ock as Spider-Man. That's that's a really good run on Spider-Man. If there's any Spider-Man fans that haven't read it yet and want to check it out, um, Ock, Doc, he made it a very interesting Spider-Man because he uh, he operated as Doc because they struck in a, a rough agreement. Like they shared they shared memories, so um, he saw every, everything that Peter Parker had done you know, gone through, through his life and everything that he strived to be. And P- Parker made him promise to just, uh, to, you know, to take care, take care of everyone and, and do good. So Ock tried to live up to that, but he did it in his manner, which of, which was, you know, ruthlessness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a, well, that's a story worth checking out. I, I always love stories too, where the, the uh, villains are the hero of the story. Those those stories always get me, and this was one of my favorite in that vein. Yeah. Um, one other one I want to mention really quick is uh, the death of Wolverine, because that, I think that was the most recent like death co- death event comic. Like uh, that was the most recent one. Like Marvel announced it. It was a four issue limited series. What's notable about that about that one is that they left it wide open that uh, he could come back, and I'm sure he will. But Marvel had the opportunity to bring him back when they after their Secret War storyline, and they didn't. The um, the there's two Wolverines in the current Marvel universe. There's um, the female Wolverine X X twenty three, who's like a clone who's was cloned from Wolverine's DNA. Um, so she's you know she's the all new. Uh, Wolverine. Uh, she has her own book right now. And uh, the other Wolverine in the Marvel Universe is Old Man Logan. Um, he was... Uh, he had his own storyline years ago uh, called Old Man Logan, which is like uh, Wolverine being like an old man, being like the only... basically the only living superhero left after uh, the villains wiped everybody out. Um... And so he, that character ended up um, being pulled over into the main Marvel Universe after their Secret War storyline. 
Um, so yeah, so it's female Wolverine, old man Wolverine, but no actually like regular Wolverine that everybody knows and loves as of yet. Hmm. So I'm interested to see if because of these developments, if they'll keep the Wolverine that everybody knows dead or if he'll eventually come back. I'm guessing he'll eventually come back, but it would be a very bold if they didn't bring him back ever. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, time will tell, I guess, if we survive along to see that long. Exactly, yes. Very cool. Well, how about we wrap things up at this point? Any final thoughts for this week, good sir? Um, nothing terribly major. Um, I'm working on getting caught up on the Marvel uh, shows on Netflix. I'm on Daredevil Season 1 right now. Uh, loving it so far. Um, and uh, I just want to say I miss you guys. and it's, I miss, uh, I've missed you and I've reunited with you, so that's awesome. Mo, I miss you, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you on the next show. Absolutely. And dear listeners, thank you for listening to this month's edition of The League. No! This month was the duo of entertaining <laughs> gentlemen. We uh, got a chance to discuss a little bit more in depth with some deaths. So what are your standout deaths in comics? You can shoot us an email. That's entertaining at gmail.com or shoot us a tweet at entertaining pod on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Sith Nightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. Steve, you're on Twitter. Where can they find you at? Uh, just my name. It's at Steve Waldinger, which is uh, S-T-E-V-E-W-A-L-D-I-N-G-E-R. Very cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, true believers alike, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next month. See ya.